So don't put so much stress on yourself and don't strive so hard. Just kind of just kind of just be in God's presence and let him let him speak to you through the, the ease of life instead of making it so difficult. Welcome to This Mom Knows. I'm your host, Jen Uren, and I'm looking forward to introducing you to Mary Ethel Eckert. She's a mom you want to know, and today she shares with us her story of learning to hear God's voice. Mary has some great resources, and you can find links to all of those at thismomknows.com slash podcast. And while you're there, be sure to subscribe to the email list, and I promise to let you know about all the great conversations yet to come on This Mom Knows. Hello, Mary Ethel Eckert is our guest today, and she is a mom to four and has eight grandchildren. She's the co-founder of Dragonfly Ministries, where through her captivating testimony of relying on God's strength and guidance through the heights and depths of life, Mary helps others find freedom from the shame and pain of their past. Originally from South Carolina, with a detour to Chicagoland where we met, um, Mary now calls Texas home. So welcome, Mary. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here, Jen. Oh, I'm so glad that you're here. So tell us just a little bit more about who you are, where you're from, your family. We touched on it in the intro, but uh, give us a little bigger picture of who is Mary. Right. So I am a uh, northern born and southern bred. I was born in Flint, Michigan and was there for a couple of years. And then the family took us home to the Carolinas where I grew up and lived for 30 years. And um, I've lived in North Carolina, Texas, Baltimore, Chicago. And now I'm back in Texas because my two daughters and my eight grandkids are in Texas. So I consider oh. that my home. That's great. I did not know the Michigan connection. That's, yeah. See, I learned something. That's right. great. Mm-hmm. So, and so today we're going to talk about something that you know a lot about, which is hearing God's voice and learning to listen. Um, I've known you for a few years now. And one thing that has always impressed me uh, is how you consistently listen for God's voice. Um, And back when your kids were little, you felt God telling you to do something pretty powerful for a neighbor. Can you tell us that story? I can. It was um, it's it's a great story. There was when I hit about 38 years old, it was just this um, struggle of having grown up in a Christian home, but not knowing who God was. So the God I worshiped was the God of my mother and father, but he wasn't personal to me. And so I started asking him to let me know if he was real. And if he was real, then I wanted to hear his voice. And I wanted to know that he saw me not me as the big world me, but me as an individual. And so um, uh, I started uh, trying to learn to lean into the Lord's voice. And about that time, I met this little kid that lived down the street, four years old. His name is Johnston. And um, I just fell in love with this little kid. So I had my sons at that time were six and eight. And so Johnston was just a great addition to our home. But uh, I started wondering why I saw more of Johnston than I did his family. Mm -hmm. And um, leaned into that question and found out that his mother had uh, absolutely no kidney function at all. And she was on a waiting list uh, for uh, um, a kidney, uh, a cadaver kidney, which means somebody had to die. That was a perfect Mm -hmm. batch before she could get a kidney. So she was doing um, 
uh, dialysis three times a week. And uh, as I thought about the struggles that dialysis does on a body, I did some research and I found out that dialysis really is hard on the internal organs and the bones. Just every part of the body is just just really struggles through dialysis. So. I started asking the Lord, um, you know, what is there? Is there something that I could do? And I remember I was painting our living room. I was up on a ladder painting and I just dipped my brush into the uh, paint can. And I heard the Lord say, you're a match for her. And I'm like, what? I didn't fall <laughs> off the ladder. But I, I, I was just like, Lord, was that you? I don't I don't. Is that you? And he said, yes, I brought you from South Carolina to Texas. And um, Johnson's family was from Louisiana. He said, I brought her from Louisiana to Texas. You live two doors apart so that you can gift her a kidney. And so we we went through uh, testing. It took about nine months. She didn't want my kidney. She she just didn't want it. But um, <laughs> I eventually convinced her because I wouldn't back off. I just knew what God mm. had spoken to me. And we were tested and through the testing, we found out that we could only be a closer match if we were identical twins. The doctor said that our we were such a close match, just like we were sisters. And so that was kind of the opening for me. I mean, I don't think God's going to ask everybody to cough up a kidney, but for me, he gave me a really big test. And um, when I leaned into that that voice, I, I learned that, yeah, that was the Lord. And, um, and, and that was kind of our starting point. So that's amazing. And that, that actually makes me tear up every time I hear it. <laughs> and I think it's so funny because in your book, you say donating a kidney, kidney was one thing because it didn't require me to step outside my comfort zone. And I laughed when I read that because I'm thinking, you know, laying there on a hospital bed, having someone cut into me, I think that's out of a lot of people's comfort zone. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. I just thought I didn't have to do anything. All I had to do was somebody let me have a really good sleep. And when I woke up, it was like, oh, that's it. OK, that's good. Yeah. Uh, I will say on the hospital bed right before I um, right after they gave me the anesthesia and before I went to sleep, the thought came into my mind. What if you don't wake up from this surgery? You know mm -hmm. what? What will happen with my family if I don't wake up? And I just knew that God had called me to this and he was responsible for the outcome of it. So if yeah. I didn't wake up, he was going to take care of my family. And so it was like, let's go to sleep now. Let's do this. And and she she woke up feeling great. You know, she said she felt better than she had in years. And the doctor said her kidney started working before they even had it sewn in. They just placed it on her organ and it started working immediately. So that was That's awesome. amazing. <laughs> I know it's awesome. So you're on a ladder. You clearly hear this. You convince her. But what did your family think? Did they were they quick to jump on board or did they think you were crazy? Uh, you know, it was just an interesting deal because this was like 20 years ago before being a living donor was uh, um, a thing. Mm. And so I tried to research being a live kidney donor and I couldn't find a lot of information about it. Uh, but I did find one person's testimony on a, on a website and he was just kind of giving his story about what he had learned through the kidney donation. And um, I just asked the Lord that he would give me all the answers that I needed in order to present it to my family. So when I presented it to the family, they were like, if God's called you to do this, who are we to argue with it? So mm -hmm. that was kind of my green light to move forward with it. Wow. And what, yeah. <laughs> what an example for your yeah. kids. To <laughs> yeah. 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 Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, well, that was kind of the beginning of your journey of learning to hear God's voice. But um, a big part of your journey has also involved the dragonfly. Yeah. Um, tell us how God has used 
that. Okay. So right after the kidney donation, it's like God went silent. I couldn't hear him anymore. Mm -hmm. I had, I had heard him all the way for the whole year that we were testing. I was leaning into the Lord and I knew that he was talking to me. And then after the kidney donation, he went silent and it was like, Lord, why would you flirt with me and let me hear you so clearly and then take your voice away? And um, so I would go for walks in the morning and uh, just ask God, would you just please let me hear your voice? Is this the only purpose and plan you had for my life was to donate a kidney? And now you're done with me. Um, and I remember uh, I got the book, My Utmost for His Highest by Oswald Chambers. And one of the days in the devotional, it said, sometimes God will trust you with his quietness so that you will lean in further to hear his voice. And that's exactly mm. what he did for me. So um, my boys were collecting dead bugs at the time. So I would go out walking in the morning and pick up dead bugs. And we I did that for a few weeks. And I had a space left on our little poster board for something that would be a butterfly or a dragonfly. So living in Texas, you see dragonflies all the time, all year round. So I just asked the Lord, if you're real, if you have a purpose and plan for me, would you give me a dragonfly? And um, three days of walking and praying and crying and begging, uh, he finally gave me this dead dragonfly, which I was thrilled. And um, <laughs> I started asking him, Lord, why, why would you lay on my heart to ask for a dragonfly instead of a butterfly. And so I started doing a little research and I found out that the dragonfly is her strongest when she stays closest to her source of strength, the S-U-N light. Mm -hmm. And when she's flying around, she's pulling in the warmth from the sunlight into her body and she absorbs it. And then when you see a dragonfly's wings glistening, that is the sunlight that she has absorbed coming out through her wings. And I thought, oh, that's okay. So I want to be God's dragonfly. I want to pull in. I want to stay close to my source of strength, the S-O-N light. And mm -hmm. I want to pull in his love and absorb it into my body. And then as I begin to walk with him, I want to represent and reflect Christ through, through my life. And so mm -hmm. um, he started teaching me to be his dragonfly. And mm -hmm. to become God's dragonfly, he has to unteach us things so that he can reteach us. And he has to pull out some really ugly things so that he can replace them with his things. So I started a journey that was amazing for the first few years and then it hit some low points and mm -hmm. then it's now it started going back up again so mm -hmm. but i feel like through all of those all of those days and all of those lessons he's kind of you know he's he's getting me closer to being his dragonfly <laughs> so, oh yeah, yeah. that's yeah. amazing <laughs> so there might be a mom listening who um who may be experiencing a similar gentle object lesson and wondering if god is speaking her to her through it, or if it's just a strange coincidence, you know, how would you encourage her or help her discern that? That's a great question. Um, I was talking to someone a couple of weeks ago. They were telling me that what they didn't know if God was real. I said, then ask him some questions, ask him, why do you have me here? Why am I the mom? To, why am I, why am I in this situation? Why am I part of this family? Why did you have me grow up where I grew up? I said, ask God the whys mm -hmm. and then let's watch for the coincidences because before we can train our spirits to hear God's voice, a lot of times we see him in the coincidences. I personally don't believe there's such a thing as a coincidence. I believe mm -hmm. God speaks to us through those coincidences. So journal those coincidences and then go back to God and say, was this you? And what were you trying to tell me? And how can I learn from this? 
Um, so watch for the coincidences. I, and, and object lessons, I think, are wonderful because God says that when we seek him, we're going to find him. He's not going to let us he's not going to let us down. He truly wants us to come after him, you know, yeah. because he's right there. And when we start seeking him, even in object lessons, he will make himself known to us. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've alluded to, but I've had the privilege of, of knowing you for a while. And I've got, I was able to attend two dragonfly ministries retreats <laughs> that you did. <laughs> and what? both of them had these components of silence, like, hours of silence and the first retreat i almost didn't show up and come because um because of that it was so daunting to think about hours of nothing <laughs> and mm -hmm. i don't know if you remember this or not but um the first one we were at it was on the lake and i was out and i kept hearing god tell me to iron my husband's shirts <laughs> I thought this is the <laughs> dumbest thing ever. <laughs> and there were a whole bunch of reasons why it made a lot of sense. And I went home that weekend and my husband was like, what did you learn? And I'm like, oh, God told me I have to iron your shirts. He's like, yes. <laughs> he couldn't wait for me to go to another retreat. <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. I do remember you sharing that. It was so funny. And, yeah. oh, and I have thankfully since been released from that duty. <laughs> oh, good, good, good. But um, do you still do retreats? Does Dragonfly Ministries still do retreats? We do. We were doing them uh, five and six a year, and I hit a bit of burnout in some hard times in life. So we started back uh, two years ago uh, or last year. We've had two. And uh, right now we're doing one a year in Texas, and we still do the four to five hours quiet time. Mm -hmm. And we do have women at the last minute who decide they can't come because they just don't know what to do with that space of time. But I'll tell you, there have been retreats that I've been on where I've just been exhausted and the Lord will say, go lay down. Yeah. And so I'll, I'll nap for three hours and then get up and um, just kind of sit quietly. You know, he never lets us down. I mean, we always hear something from him. One time, I think uh, just what I heard from him was, I'm your shepherd and you're my sheep. And that was enough, you know, because if you think of the picture of a shepherd tending their sheep, they always, the shepherd always puts his sheep in, in just the most gentle of care and takes good care of them. So that was, I think one retreat weekend, that was what I heard from him. And that was yeah. good. That was yeah. good. I still lean into that. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I've told women, <laughs> just do it. Once you've gotten through the first unknown, what does four hours of silence look like? it's not nearly as, as scary. And I was very much looking forward to the second one because I anticipated and right. <laughs> begged God, don't tell me to do more laundry. But uh, <laughs> I don't remember what I learned that one, but, um, but it, it is a sweet, sweet thing. And so are you do once a year in Texas, do people mm -hmm. come from across the country? Are they local people? Yeah, we've had uh, this past year, October, we had um, we had women from Chicago, Pennsylvania, Maryland, and South Carolina that came in addition to our Texas people. So they come from all over. Oh, yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah, that's and we've great. got we've got limited capacity, so we'll hold about forty women at one retreat weekend. The retreat site can hold a lot, but we we just we don't want we don't want to lose the intimacy of the of the retreat by booking it too full, you know? Right. Yeah. It's a hard balance. And and yep. so I suppose that's why you were doing more in the past because right. you could serve more women without losing that. 
Right, um, right. And so yeah. um, this year, what I've decided is uh, to take the retreats to other places. So last month I was in South Carolina and uh, Pennsylvania leading women's retreats. So okay. it's it's easier for me to travel than it is to have 30 people travel in. So, yes, you know, yeah. yes. Yeah. And then I suppose the host has the logistics and you don't. <laughs> right. That's exactly right. Yeah. Right. I just show up. <laughs> yeah. Well, good. Do you have a um, on your website? Is there information or, or a way to find out about these retreats? Yeah, we have Dragonfly Ministries website and we post the retreats on there. OK. Yeah. And, okay. and we also have a Facebook page. Yep. Right. I will make sure all of that is in the show notes um, good. so people can click on that and find it. Um, so in addition to co-founding Dragonfly Ministries, which I loved how you explained in the book that it was ministries, even though at the beginning you didn't know what the plural was going to mean. Right, right. <laughs> but now you're an author. You've written um, The Making of a Dragonfly, which I really encourage um, if you're listening, get the book and read it. It's it's a lot of Mary's story. But it's more than that. It's it's God working through her life. And it's it's a story of learning to listen to God's voice. And um, the circumstances can be very different, but uh, you can learn a lot through her experience in how to hear God's voice in your own life. Um, and you have a, a companion, a 40 day study that goes along with that. Right, right. Right. So when I set out to write the first book, I was going to write the 40 day devotional and the Lord hijacked my book and had me tell my story first. So uh -huh. a year later, he was like, now you can tell the stories. And the second book are um, the lessons that I learned during my transformation of being um, selfish, Mary, to being more of a reflection of, of God's light and his love. And so it's just, uh, you know, a, a season of stories of how God turns us upside down and he teaches mm -hmm. us it's better to bless someone than to curse them. And there's an example in there of how, you know, I asked someone to pray a prayer cursing someone and they prayed a prayer blessing someone. And it was like, oh, Huh. Probably I asked for the wrong kind of prayer, but at least I asked somebody mature enough to pray that knew the exact right way to, do, to yeah. pray. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's just lessons like that, how God kind of took out some of the ugliness and bad teachings in me and replaced it with his ways. And it's, I think it's mm. a good it's a good read for people that are looking um, for, uh, for for true transformation, not the outside in, but the inside out transformation. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Is that designed for individual or for a group study or either? Yeah, it can go either way. I've got a okay. couple of groups that are doing it, small groups in the home. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, that's great. And so out of that process, you've now become a publisher. I have. Yes. So, yes. Thank so you. tell me about how you heard God's voice in that journey. Oh, my stars. So my first book I published um, on page 51 of the making of a dragonfly. I had the word public, but I left the L out of the word public. And I was so <laughs> embarrassed that I asked the publisher if they could republish the book. And they said, no, all books have errors in them. And I'm like, not like that. Oh my gosh. All I could think was Psalm 51. It says created me a pure heart. And here I was on page 51 of my book with that word. So I set out to figure out how to self publish. And so I, I did a second edition of that book with the L in the word public. Um, <laughs> And and it was quite a um, quite a nerve wracking process because I didn't really know anybody that I could talk to to learn the process. But God walked me through it. And then I published my second book. And um, I, I think God's voice in that was that I just had this sense that I had told all the stories that 
I have to tell up to this point. But God wanted me to tell other people's stories. And the way he brought that to me was by a friend saying, I've written a book and I'd like you to help me publish it. And so I realized then that that was what God was saying was, let's get other people's stories out. Let's put some positive words and some God teachings into the environment in the library. So last year I started my first book. I think I finished in um, April and I've helped seven other people publish their books last year. So wow. it's fun. It's great. I love it. It's very life giving for me. Yeah, that's amazing. Because mm -hmm. yeah. a lot of people have a story to tell. And that can be a chasm <laughs> to yes. try to get over. Yes. From, I have a story to how would I even get it into somebody's hands. So that's, right. that's right. great. Right. And so do you um, do people come to you with stories? Do you look for stories? Or if somebody listening is like, this is what I wanted to do, how would they move forward if that was a thing right so I have not gone in search of stories I have uh, just word of mouth people find me but uh, I guess a month ago I put a publishing tab on my website maryethelecker.com and so they can go to the publishing tab and just kind of get a little more information and my email address and what we'll do is if if they've got their manuscript somewhat done I'm glad to look at it and give some suggestions uh, if they've not even started writing their story I've got a worksheet I can send them that'll kind of give them some clues into how to get started in that process. Yeah. Excellent. Oh, that's it's exciting. Great. It'll be fun mm -hmm. to see how that grows and where that goes. Um, yeah. yeah. You're, you're, you're getting some speakers for uh, future retreats, I think. Yes. Process. yes, yes, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> well, if a mom listening today is just struggling to hear God's voice and wants to, what would you tell her where should she start? What is one thing she could do today? Um, wow, that is a great question, Jen. You have great questions. Um, mm. I remember thinking that in order to hear God's voice, I had to dig into a Bible study and just mm -hmm. spend a whole lot of time in there. And when you've got young kids, you're doing good to just survive the day. Right. And so what, what, what I have learned and what I tell young moms is, pick up, pick up your Bible because we know God speaks to us through scripture and open it to Psalm 139 and read Psalm 139 until something resonates with you. And usually something's going to hit you by the fifth verse because it's such a powerful Psalm mm -hmm. in the Bible. And when something resonates with you, just stop and, and you can journal it or you can just read it again. It might be one sentence. It might be three words, but you don't have to read the whole chapter. Uh, you don't have to read 16 verses. God's going to speak to you through those verses. And the way you know when the Holy Spirit is dealing with you is when you're reading scripture and something resonates with you um, and you're like, oh, wait, let me go back and read that again. And then you can just lean into that. I mean, you can take a whole week. And there was a um, there was an instance where a woman told me one time I, I cannot. I can't read the Bible. It's too hard to understand. So I had her go to one Psalm 139. Um, this was at a retreat during her quiet time. And mm -hmm. after the uh, quiet time, I said, so how did your quiet time go? And she said, I didn't get past Psalm 139 verse one. Mm -hmm. She said, it says in there, um, uh, Lord, you have searched me and you know me. Uh, and she said, I just couldn't get over that because I grew up in a family with nine kids. And she said, I was dead in the middle of those nine kids. Oh. And she said, I never felt like anyone saw me or knew me or um, was even interested in me. So she said, I spent my whole quiet time, like four hours journaling about what it meant that God knew me. And so, mm. you know, that was that was life changing for her. So yeah. I would say that do that. And then um, uh 
when you are talking to the Lord, when you pray and talk to him out loud so that you can hear your voice speaking to him. Mm-hmm. And what that does is it opens you up to expecting God to answer. And so when those coincidences come, you are more inclined to believe that was God than it was just a coincidence. Mm-hmm. That is great. And that's encouraging because yes, with kids and <laughs> I feel like I will never not have small children in my home at the rate we're going, but it's very challenging, especially when you feel like you, you should be sitting down and, mm-hmm. you know, with the colored pencils and with the notebook and, mm-hmm. you know, so mm-hmm. that's we, very encouraging. We do. We put so much stress on ourselves to do things, uh, to do things the church way when what the Lord says is just be, don't strive, just come to me talk to me and then give me space to, to answer or to speak to you um, because he speaks to us spirit to spirit. And once we realize where, what am I trying to say? Once we realize that he speaks to us spirit to spirit and his spirit mm-hmm. resides in us, we just need to kind of tune in a, with a little bit of quiet as to what that voice sounds like. And, um, you know, it, it, it took me 40 years to, to figure that out when my kids were getting a little older, it, you know, yeah. it was when I was interested in figuring it out. So don't put so much stress on yourself and don't strive so hard. Just kind of, just kind of just be in God's presence and let him, let him speak to you through the, the ease of life instead of making it so difficult. Oh, that's good. So don't try to do relationship, try to be in relationship. Right. Oh, that's mm. good. Yeah. Wow. Good summary, girl. <laughs> wow. And for a task oriented person, that could be a challenge. So, it, uh, but that's, mm-hmm. that's freeing to not <laughs> have to have right. it be a certain way. Yeah. So that is great. Well, we have a couple final questions. Um, as we wrap up, our time is going fast, which is great. I enjoy these conversations so much, but one thing I ask every guest, um, it's a little bit more lighthearted, um, what is your favorite gadget? I was hoping you would ask me that. Oh my gosh. So I have two of them. So okay. my first is, a, um, I think it's called a veggie. You put your squash in here and you hold on, you put your squash in and you turn it and it spirals so that you have vegetable uh, spaghetti, like okay. zucchini or squash yep. is great. Cucumbers, not so good, but, um, <laughs> but my really favorite one is, um, it's an automatic, hold on, automatic wine opener. So let me ah. see. Ah, you, <laughs> yes. Yeah, it takes the cork right out for you. So no more of that trying to trying to figure that mess out. My girlfriend gave me that. Perfect. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's wonderful. Yeah, it, it gets a lot of use. <laughs> oh, those are great. Those are great. Oh, so Mary, how if people want to to be in touch with you further. I know you have a podcast and you've got a website and you're on social media. How can they get, how can they connect with you? Yeah. So I have a podcast. It's called drawing near drawing near. Yeah. With Mary Ethel Eckerd and it's on Spotify and anchor and all the big ones, I think. So, um, uh, I just posted a really good one for uh, young moms today. It's called mm-hmm. uh, Blessed is the Mom. It's a teaching I did at a Mother of Preschoolers event a few years back. But it's just such a word of encouragement of clinging to Jesus and, and watching how your kids uh, model your behavior. So that's a, a good one for young moms. And um, let me see. I'm on Facebook. Mary Ethel. Eckerd is my business page and then my website maryethelecker.com or they can go to dragonflyministries.com okay and dot yeah. com not dot, dot com. org okay nope. okay great and your books are available for order on amazon yep 
Okay. Yep. And yep. they could link through your website over to Amazon. Yes. Okay. Okay. Great. Well, Mary, I'm so glad that you took the time to join us today and we could have this conversation. And um, I'm just grateful for you and for the fact that you listen to God and for all the ways that you have influenced me to listen for his voice too. Well, thank you. Good luck with your podcast. I'm so excited that you're doing this and I'm going to send a couple of friends to you to see if, to see if you can pick their brains as well. <laughs>